0: wee
1: Listening to the Full Sport Press podcast, featuring hosts Jay Hove, Jeff, and Wheezy. Please enjoy the
0: show. Greetings and salutations. I would like to welcome everybody back and some of you for the first time to the full sport press podcast, the premier sports podcast for the consummate sports fan. And this is your one stop shop for all sports related news and topics. I'm J.O. It's your boy, Big Jeff. Weezy's out on assignment. Shout out to Weezy. Shout out to Weezy. Cameraman, how are you, My brother. Two thumbs up Yes sir Jeff how was your week brother? No complaints No complaints no at complaints all? No complaints at all It's the day of the lover man It is the day of the lover Yeah for sure Shout out to the lovers Shout out to the lovers right. Most definitely Make sure mm-hmm. 100% Okay <laughs> look, at, <laughs> look at camera man That you able to watch All Star Weekend this I'm weekend. just saying That's all that matters Don't you miss All Star Weekend mm-hmm. Because of your lover mm-hmm. You damn right Episode 308 We are ranking the top 7 sports documentaries. If it's peace out. Always. FSP peace time. <laughs> better damn know And you better damn believe Let's me. kick it off, Jeff. Best of Week, what you got? Um, My man, Wilson Westbrook, mm-hmm. has created
1: a new position in the NBA. Okay. We've heard of the point center with Joe Noah, Jokic, yeah. people like that. Sure. Jokic. Jokic, yeah. yeah. Westbrook <laughs> is the center point guard.
0: You just made that up? Yeah, was just for you. He Westbrook. called you and told you that. Hey, man, you gotta look okay. how he played. He's the yeah. post
1: up machine on the Rockets now. They're running the Sweet. offense through him,
0: as they should. Hey, it's fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. It's it's fun man. To watch. Yeah, for sure. He, he uh earned this uh all-star yeah. bid. He did. He's yeah. he's, he's yeah. earning it now. Yeah, and, for sure. We we questioned it first. We, we should sure you question oh, it. I, I, I said he should have made it. Okay, for sure. Yeah. The whole team did. Yeah. Uh my best of the week <laughs> is me going sugar free, man. I've embarked mm-hmm. on a sugar-free journey for twenty-eight days. Mm-hmm. I started a week before Super Bowl. Okay. No cookies, cakes, pies. Or candies, along with fruit snacks. I love yeah, <laughs> I love uh, No sodas as well, Jeff. You know, I'm a, yeah. I'm a ginger ale Lucky connoisseur. Ginger, yeah, yeah, yeah. good root beer for yeah. sure. But it's been a struggle, but it's been great. I'm doing fine. Craving some sweets. Yeah. But I got to a point where I was eating ice cream sandwiches, mm-hmm. you know, having some fruit snacks at yeah. night. So um, I think it was better for my long-term health <laughs> to try to cut that off as soon as possible. I, I did that January 1 mm-hmm. to twenty eight. Okay So I feel you Yeah for sure It's gonna be rough Yeah for sure I'm good It's gonna be rough Yeah for sure Just I'm at the home fighting. stretch now Just keep fighting oh, You gotta keep it's your hands is, up That's how you gotta do For sure <laughs> What's your worst of the week Um, uh,
1: Whatever the Houston Astros players in front office Ooh. were trying to do at their press conference Yeah I don't know what that was about Like you, you bring your players out to not even answer questions Right And then when you do answer questions from the front office you say We don't believe it affected the game
0: 100% Baseball do better They gotta vacate that one it's, it's just have to or do something with you know I know that the players are free to go with no scars or anything right. but yo like yeah. real talk like they got to do something, something. they got to do something, something to the players something. man that's whack. my worst of the week is Iyabi Anoma he's okay. a Houston defensive lineman that was dismissed from the program for a violation of team rules Anoma was dismissed for tardiness skipping class and clashing with teammates. The reason that it's my worst of the week because he was dismissed from Alabama mm-hmm. this time last year for the exact same reasons. He was the number four overall player in the class of 2018. He is now in the transfer portal. So, kid mm-hmm. needs some friends. A lot of the times, though, you have to look in the mirror and do some self evaluation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's actually you, dog. And I hope he figures it out, but you got to grow up sometimes. Mm-hmm. You got to get good people in your corner, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. But I hope the best for this kid, man. I hope he figures it out That's at TSU. Yeah, we, would, we would love to have
1: him, for in sure. The land of the Golden Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you check us out. Down on iTunes, Facebook, Instagram, Google Play, Stitcher, Beyond Pod, YouTube, and of course, the SoundCloud page to catch up on the full archive of past episodes of FSP. Just search Full Sport. Podcast. And after you do that, mm-hmm. check out the On Deck TV Hip Hop Podcast with Animal Brown, Spike Lou, each and every Wednesday. This week's episode was the serial
0: entrepreneur Snoop Diller episode. Shout yeah. out to Snoop, man. Yeah, shout out to Snoop. I learned a lot from this show. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Snoop Love was an open, open book. An open man, book, man, for sure. A great lesson yeah. for anybody that's embarking on being an entrepreneur. For Definitely. Sure. Great list. Most definitely. Let's move on to Fresher Than Your Average podcast okay. Spe- <laughs> featuring myself and Animal Brown. It's a self-help fashion podcast directly related to improving everyday fashion. Same great content with a new name. Catch our latest issue. Issue number 58 is up right now directly for The Culture. Hit the hotline 629 and drop a fashion-related voicemail so we can answer your fashion-related questions. Mm-hmm. On the next issue, wear your kicks. Cop responsibly. It's a big week for fresh di- big month for a fresh big day month air. man and um live update <laughs> yeah i am uh oh for i think 12 oof, oof, oof. boy <laughs> i'm like russell westbrook from three man. Right, at least he learned to stop shooting Bro. So maybe that's stop. what you're trying to tell yeah, me i just saying and i will saying. for sure <laughs> <laughs> if you're up next you got 10 good rests in seconds oh yeah let's start the clock so, it's WrestleMania season, like I've been saying. Okay. It's been a good week for the square circle. Okay. Start off.
1: John Cena has announced he's going to be returning to the WWE on February 28th. I know he's been pushing his movie career a lot, but he decided to come back home, you know, get back in the ring. So, it possibly means he has a WrestleMania match coming up. More than likely. Hope so. Also, speaking of WrestleMania, Shayna Baszler attacked Becky Lynch this week on Monday, setting up possibly the biggest women's match you can have right now okay. for WrestleMania. So, that should be dope. And coming off of his win uh, this past week in the Octagon, MMA superstar John Jones, John Bone Jones, hinted at making a jump to the WWE.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Makes total sense. Yeah, you'd be a great transition. Exactly. Person. Yeah. So Yeah,
1: it's been a good week, man. That's, yeah, that's that's the most
0: news we had from the <laughs> WWE in a long time Yeah, man. yeah, hey, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. XFL related, to get them going <laughs> Now tune us with questions throughout the week at Full Sport Press Don't forget to comment and give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down on the YouTube page On the iTunes page, please rate and subscribe and more importantly, don't forget to tell a friend To tell a friend To tell a friend that the revolution will be podcasted And before we get started with the first half, Jeff Do you have a yellow box of Cheerios award recipient for the listeners? I do Who is that? Reese McGuire. All right. So Toronto Blue Jays catcher Reese McGuire was arrested in Florida last week. He was accused of exposing himself in a shopping center parking lot. Witnesses told officers that McGuire had been masturbating in his car and police reportedly found McGuire with his shirt barely covering his genitals and his pants around his ankles with no shirt on. Yes, sir. <laughs> McGuire was cooperative during the arrest and didn't deny the allegations. <laughs> uh, McGuire played in 30 games for the Blue Jays in 2019, batting 299 and hit five home runs in that span. Reese, listen, brother, uh, you play professional baseball. I yeah. assume you have a career. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Do it at the crib, man do it. Like my man with the closed captions You might even thinking about the closed captions Here's the things, bro You gotta do it at the crib Come on, Reese There's a lot of people, man, do with this in award garage. recipient hey, yeah. In the garage <laughs> Do it Dude, hey! They said Reese had the windows down. That's dog. what I'm saying. Had his shirt rolled Come up. He was, hey, bro. You know how I'm into it you got to be to have your pants down to in your, your ankles. To your in ankles, ankles? <laughs> bro. But to your ankles, y'all, your knees exposed in your in car. In your car, bro. He was trying to get found. So here's the thing: I don't know if CTE is a real thing in baseball, but but this is CTE-ish.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. on the street. Yeah, it's, it's on CTE street. Yeah, it's definitely on CTE street. Because
0: <laughs> I, I can't. Get your job, you just Can't chill. have the John. Well, that's a that's a John White. Bruh. I see what you did. did that's a John White. I see what you did. That's a John. White. See what you did. Let's get started with the first <laughs> <K-Time> half. <10. laughs>
1: the first half is underway.
0: Full sport Press. First half, the hottest sports news of the past week, like we do each and every week here with the full sport. Press podcast before we get started I am j Hove. It's your boy Big Jeff Jeff where can they find you on social media my brother Oh, J-Easily84 across all Social media platforms And I'm Jay Hove on Instagram and Twitter Have a conversation with me on Twitter And it's FSP underscore Cameraman it's In this vicinity all in there um, Somebody told me Cameraman That we shouldn't shout you out anymore Until you post a pic Cool Alright cool I'm with that. So there we go. He ain't gonna never post the pick. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, is. he will. Let's kick it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's kick things off with the XFL. The inaugural weekend of the XFL reboot mm-hmm. has wrapped up. All eight teams in the league played this weekend with two games Saturday and two on Sunday. Here are the winners and losers of the inaugural weekend. I'll kick it off. With a winner, Jeff. Okay. Go ahead. Networks, man. Okay. According to numbers released by ABC, the kickoff game between the Dragons and the Defenders drew an average of 3.3 million viewers. And it Solid. peaked at 4 million. So now it's on to make sure the XFL is getting repeat watchers. Mm-hmm. Because the inaugural season from the original in mm-hmm. 99? Mm-hmm. Had higher numbers Yeah, like <laughs> yeah no, for sure <laughs> So, um, it was a great weekend then But this is a great weekend now, man, yeah. considering the fact Absolutely Yeah, for um, sure, you got a winner Oh, yeah, I got Cardell Jones Okay Yeah, he had a solid 16-26, for
1: 26, 283 yards and two touchdowns Yeah And that, they're my pick to win it all Okay And they start off with a season win with 31-19 to So, I got Cardell Jones For sure
0: yeah. I have another winner, who's also a player, P.J. Walker mm-hmm. No-star emerged brighter. From the opening weekend and the Roughnecks quarterback, <laughs> yes. P.J. Walker, just 24 years old, Jeff. He yeah. completed 23 or 39 passes for 272 yards four touchdowns one and one touchdown. pick. So he showed a lot of athleticism, yeah. improvised a lot, scrambled a lot. But um, I think P.J. Walker is, needless to say, I think he's the best quarterback not named Cardell Jones in the entire XFL. So not mad look that. out for him. Yeah. Yep. And another one I had mm-hmm. was the Guard New York Guardians mm-hmm. defense. Okay.
1: Five sacks, two picks off of young Aaron Murray. Yeah. And uh yeah. <laughs> talk we're gonna talk about a little bit more about Aaron Murray. I'm sure. Just, I'm sure. <laughs>
0: let's let's <laughs> go ahead and move to the losers. Uh my first losers, Sunday's games, man. Okay. They averaged just 25 points combined. Yeah. The primetime game on Sunday. The last of the weekend yeah. was the lowest scoring of all games, man. Yeah. So I think they have to figure out a way to put the better teams and try to figure out <laughs> yeah, some, yeah, yeah. just kind of spread the wealth out yeah. and get some better teams playing late because that's when people are actually watching yeah. football. Yeah, yeah, and that and that last game was rough to watch. Yeah, man, yeah. I heard. <laughs> I, I didn't watch. watch. I heard <laughs> that was tough. Yeah, we <laughs> like, a sure. oh, bad football. Yeah, some bad football. The quarter. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, speaking of Aaron Murray, have yeah. as a loser, uh, he struggled mightily. Yeah, yeah. completing
0: just forty-seven percent of his passes, yeah. no touchdowns, two picks, and will not be starting this weekend. Yeah, yeah. see, that's the thing. Yeah, he. Was touted as one of the premier quarterbacks yeah. in the entire league. Yeah. So he struggled in the AAF, and unfortunately, it looks like this is a thing, yeah. well, a sign of things to come with him. Exactly. And Aaron Murray, man, you got to get better, man. That's yeah. definitely my loser as well. Okay. Yeah.
1: And I also had the LA Wildcats <laughs> defense. So, it gave up 37 points mm-hmm. to the Roughnecks. You mentioned the Roughnecks. Roughnecks. So, then Winston Moss, head coach, fired the defensive coordinator, Pepper, John, Pepper Johnson. Yeah. And then cut the defensive captain, <laughs> Anthony Johnson. Really? And they still have not named their defensive coordinator yet. And week two is here. See what I'm saying? Yeah. That stuff like that is not, That's good, not good for the exception. Yeah, it's not good. You That's can't, you can't good. cut your defensive coordinator
0: after week one. Yeah.
1: I mean, I understand thirty-seven points is a yeah. lot, but wow! Like that.
0: all in all, do you think it was a good showing for the XFL? I
1: think Saturday's games—if it was just Saturday—they mm-hmm. had a lot to stand on. Then Sunday had to happen, and it kind of kind of evened out.
0: On a grading scale. A being of course and A mm-hmm. F what would you give it C plus C plus yeah. I'll it's, say C plus. Yeah, sure.
1: They have some defenses out there that, there's some players on defense that look the part. Okay. It's the offense that make you say man this is going to be tough. This is going to be tough to watch. Sure <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> cool, man. to the Yeah, speed, ho- CDX, yeah hopefully that. they can you know they can pick it up um hopefully Dez Bryant um, comes along and says, Yeah, I'll play because he was offered to play. Yeah. Um, he Turned it down, but you know, Dez is going to be, it's going to be rough for Dez to get back in the NFL. I
0: think he'll play in the NFL before he plays in the XFL. I, I, of
1: course. I mm-hmm. know he wants to, but, right. I, but there's, a, there's a situation for him right there to get some reps.
0: That's yeah. all I'm saying. That's the half the battle. But yeah. you don't want to blow another Achilles. You don't want to do that. Playing in the XFL. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <It's tough. laughs>
1: keep, let's keep it in football. Uh-huh. So, Jay, it is Black History Month. It is for sure. And the Washington football team with Coach Ron Rivera. Added their first a woman to their coaching staff on Monday. Okay. And now it's Jennifer King. Okay. She's going to be a four-year coaching intern. And she's the first African-American woman to receive a job like this as well. Now, King had coached with Rivera before when they were with the Carolina Panthers Mm -hmm. um, during the summers of 2018 and 2019 when Rivera was the head coach and she was working with the receivers and running backs. Mm -hmm. And with the Washington football team, she's going to be
0: working with the running backs. Yeah, And
1: have responsibilities just like a full-time assistant coach.
0: Nice. That's dope. Dope, man. Dope, dope. Shout out to Ron for that, man, for even hiring her in 2018 yep. and to help out. And now I think ultimately she wants to be a coordinator yeah, at the college or NFL level. And that's a superhero for, like, little girls that yeah. watch football and are fans of the games. For sure, King's a person that they can look up, yeah. but each of those kids can look up to. So. She has a basketball background as well. She hoops for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. That's dope. I think it's dope, man, just to kind of see different women – Getting chances like this, you mm-hmm. see Becky Hammond in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I just think it's something that we'll see, man. That was one of my predictions. I mean for the 2020s, uh, that a yeah, that yeah. an actual woman would yeah. be a head coach of a professional team. It's coming. So, not far. not, no, far, not far at all. Yeah. Let's move on to the NBA. The New York Knicks have a new president. The organization plans on naming player agent Leon Rose as their new head of basketball operations. Okay. Rose will replace Steve Mills, who left the position earlier this week. Rose, who was an artist, who was an agent, excuse me, at Creative Artist Agency, represented mm-hmm. Melo, CP3, Cat, and Joel Embiid, just to name a few. Can Leon Rose resurrect the Knicks? <laughs> is Lord. Dolan still there? Yeah, Dolan's still there. Well, no. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Until Dolan decides he wants to sell that team, yeah. it's going to be rough because he's because Dolan's going to have final say. True. So. Oh. As much pull as Leon may have, mm-hmm. I mean, even bringing in Steve Stout mm-hmm. as well as far as doing uh, public relations and things like that. I believe Worldwide West turned down. The yeah. Job.
0: I think it was something to that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there you go. But
1: yeah. yeah, so with all that being
0: said, I think it's going to be rough for the Knicks. But to be
1: honest, they're one player away, though.
0: They are, man. I think. In the East, anyway. Can he resurrect them? Yes. Will he. Mm. That's still, you know, in the air. Yeah. I wish he would have hired Worldwide West, like you mentioned. That would have been the stamp that he needed. Mm-hmm. He's already a Jewish guy named Leon. Yes. So that is the the next stamp mm-hmm. to get you to the point where you can actually get some free agents there. And Golden State hired an agent with Bob Myers. Mm-hmm. You have Rob Palinka as an agent with the Lakers. Absolutely. So the coaching hire is the main thing. I think they're looking at maybe Pat Ewan, Maybe looking, and I hope that this is what they do. They go with Mark Jackson. Because player development is so integral yeah. in the NBA, dog. They have pieces, like you mentioned, with Knox, yeah. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, yeah. but they need them to be developed. And I mm-hmm. think Mark Jackson did a really great job in Golden State to develop players. I think I think they're going it though. Oh. Tibbs.
1: I like Tibbs. I think they're going Tibbs. I like Tibbs. I think, I think that's going to be your new New York Knicks coach. Rough, rugged Knicks team. Gonna run you into the ground, though. That's
0: what Tibbs do. Tibbs, hey, listen, he (laughs) gonna run you through. Hey, he gonna run you on empty, dog. Run you on fumes. (laughs) But also, I just think Mark Jackson would develop that team, man. He he deserves another chance. Why not get a chance in your state, in your home city, man? When you played... With the Knicks. You went to St. John's. Like, yeah. Come on, man. Look out for Mark Jackson. Okay. He deserves it. So, I see you
1: Mark Jackson. Mm-hmm. What if I keep it in the same announcing crew and go with Van Gundy?
0: I think Van Gundy has missed his, his calling for that. I think really? He set out too long. He ain't coached his what? That might 05? be. Yeah. That's a long time. Standard now. definition when the when band yeah, sure. was coaching. Yeah, for sure. Come on, he was coaching Yale. <laughs> Yeah Standard depth. Yeah. <laughs> might have been 720 for tops. Sure. Tops. <laughs> I go back and look at those games and like highlights and stuff. I don't know how the hell we played video games <laughs> And that shit. I don't know how the hell we played or we watch games. Yeah. Dude, it was some grainy yeah, I, it was tough. Even going back to look at pictures from cameras from 2012. Man, I'm so like, spoiled, golly, right? Golly. Dude. And it's only gonna get better, Jim.
1: exactly. Because you watch the highlights, and it's like, dude, this this screen is, jump a little yeah, bit. Like, what like, am I watching? Watch the VOVH. Nah, oh, man, I oh, like, can't deal here. with this. <laughs> <laughs> keep it in basketball. Move mm-hmm. on to the WNBA, Jay. They have had a busy off season. Mm-hmm. They're taking steps from the w- from the NBA, it looks like, and their free preseason and their free agency has kicked off during the uh, off season. Mm-hmm. So it start off with. Christy Tolliver. Mm-hmm. She's returning to the LA Sparks after helping them watch the Mystics win their first WNBA championship. The Atlanta Dream announced in January they weren't going to uh, sign back Angel McCordy. Mm-hmm. And now she's moved on to the Las Vegas Aces. They got a squad. They got a squad. They squad. Then <laughs> the Phoenix Mercury probably made the biggest splash to me. They've acquired uh, Jay's favorite, yeah. Skylar Diggins Smith. Gotta put yeah. the Diggins Smith on there. just Diggins. <laughs> You know, got to respect him. That's true. Got to respect him. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> now forming a big three <laughs> with the Phoenix Mercury between Diggins Smith, mm-hmm. the logo Diana Taurasi, and of course, Brittany Griner. Yeah, BG, big moves right there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Let's yeah. let's we can start off with Skylar Diggins. Okay, um, I think the Mercury finding that big three there. Yeah. This is tough, man, and yeah. they're looking to also maybe acquire Tina Charles as well. Yeah, the listen, the Mercury. I think this is Tarasi's probably last year playing in the WNBA. Most definitely, got to send her out with a bang. Yeah. Bringing in Skylar Diggins would do that. I think Minnesota was trying to sign her as well yes. because. They've lost um, Maya Moore for another, another year. Another Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> Maya might have dried up in Minnesota. They were popping for a little while. Yeah. But, um, yeah, with Skylar Diggins, man, and Phoenix, man, that'll be dope. Yeah. Chrissy Tolliver. That's yeah. going to be a huge loss for the defending champs yes, losing her because she was the heart and soul of that team. Played defense, was yeah. a point guard, backcourt leader, and they're also losing on one of their bigs, missing men, So, yeah. Man, that's gonna be. I think that's the biggest loss out of everything we mentioned. Think so? Yeah, because okay. Angel McCautry, who we'll move on McCartney, to next, me, yeah. yep, mm-hmm. she tore her ACL. Yes, so she missed twenty nineteen with well, twenty eighteen and nineteen, and getting a little longer the to tooth, and getting a little longer the to tooth. Yeah, she's a two time scoring champion, yeah. but you look at her at her with Asia Wilson. Uh, you add her with your girl Liz Cambage. Shout out to, <laughs> G- shout, shout to Liz, <laughs> Liz. Uh, Kelsey shout, Plum, Haley Mcbride. Ooh, okay. <laughs> you add McCauley into that, man. I just think that Angel's so used to playing by herself, she's gonna it's gonna be tough for her to find her way with all of those players, man. But so. it does to me. It does for the casual fan. Mm-hmm. These
1: moves, hearing these things, hearing these names, right, putting them with other names. Boost
0: the anticipation For the league 100% I'm excited about this this It's a big year For the league For sure man The thing is With that Las Vegas Aces team They were supposed To win last year If Asia Wilson Done getting hurt uh, it Might have been An ankle injury She comes back She's not 100% Hmm. Just like you know how hard it is to come back from oh an injury? God. It's hard to come back from an injury, dog. Emmanuel <laughs> Sanders, you ain't 100%, dog. Yeah. You're not 100%. It's, it's definitely not 100% when your quarterback can't make the throw. <laughs> yeah, that's <just, laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move right along. Before we get started <laughs> with halftime, let's talk some NBA. Forbes released a list of the NBA's most valuable franchises. The New York Knicks remain the most valuable team in the entire NBA. That is insane. With an estimated <laughs> worth of $4.6 billion that figure is up from the Knicks 4.2 billion dollars valuation in 2019. The order of top 5 remains unchanged with the Lakers being at 4.4 billion, Golden State at 4.3, the Chicago Bulls at 3.2 and the Boston Celtics at 3.1. Any surprises with the top 5? No. Not at all, man. Not at all. The, but this is the funny thing about the Knicks this is the, They've been the most valuable franchise for five straight years and a period where they've never been close to making the playoffs. Not I even close. close. They, they haven't been – they've been doormats. Yeah. No matter what that team does, it remains a financial juggernaut. Just imagine if they actually win games, dog. Dude. That is insane. Dude, <laughs> that is nothing. This is the first time the average value of NBA franchises have eclipsed $2 billion. So that's the average, dog. Dude, man. Tell you what, the yeah. NBA. That's the Clippers, though. The Clippers, the Clippers moved the needle when they when uh when bomber, bought in, yep. and th- that was the biggest purchase they ever had. And before that, it was the Bucks. Yeah, when um the guy that owns the Bucks now, he bought I think the Bucks for like five hundred million. Something right, like that close to No, close to a billion, close really to a close billion, to a billion, but it wasn't two billion. It was the Clippers' billion. purchase. Was, yeah, now nah, that sure. was crazy So every team in the NBA now is two billion. Come on, man. Yeah it's, that's where the money at, <laughs> yeah, not for sure. and they trickle that down a lot to the uh, WNBA, man. So yeah. as much as we mentioned, you know, the Knicks hiring Leon Rose, mm-hmm. a Jewish Leon, the, he has all of the amenities to get this team to the next level, and I think he'll do it, man. And if he does it, they're still gonna be profitable it's every year for sure. <laughs> you ready to start halftime? Let's do it. do it. Let's go.
1: We're at the midway point. Enjoy all of the halftime festivities.
0: Halftime, in case you missed it. The NBA has a new spirit partner, Jeff Hennessy, the world's best-selling cognac, and the NBA announced today a multiple-year partnership. Now, the deal makes Hennessy the official spirit of the NBA, WNBA, and USA basketball. Jack Daniels was the NBA's previous partner, and the NBA and Hennessy will tip off the partnership this week during All-Star Weekend's red carpet, where Hennessy will serve as an associate partner of the celebrity games presented by Russell. Excuse me, presented by Ruffles. Can this work better for Hennessy or the NBA? I mean, this is one of those deals that's been, like, behind... You know, this has been going on for years. You're it just right. wasn't on the, on the low. Yeah, on the
1: low. Yeah, I this mean, works. This is perfect. Yeah. This is, this is, yeah. Yeah. It's match made yeah, in heaven. It right? is. It's like hand and glove. Oh, thing, huh? goodness. This is, <laughs> you had to
0: get Jack, you know, get Jack Daniels out of there. Yeah, you know,
1: sure. people probably liked him a little yeah, bit, sure. but
0: this just makes too much uh, Hennessy and Company sells about 50 million bottles a year worldwide. Wow. Yeah. And J.R. Smith came out and admitted that he drank him during halftime of a game before. <laughs> JR isn't currently active in the league, but his legacy lives <laughs> heavily <laughs> with Hennessy. He's the Henny King. He is, nah. Yeah. 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 Serious, this partnership would broaden NBA's reach to new fans. Yeah. Uh, I love their mantra Never stop Never settle Never stop Never settle yeah. Shout, to Nas. Nas. Shout, yeah. to, Nas. Shout yeah. to Nas Shout to Nas Shout to Nas Solid Shout to Steve Stout He negotiated that Yeah So yeah No nah, I think Everything with the NBA And Hennessy It'll work out <laughs> I, You didn't see a lot of signage With Jack Daniels as well yeah. I think Hennessy Would be in the forefront A lot more Oh of course Because they probably Paid a lot more Than Jack Daniels paid. Yeah. Shacked and the fool Sponsored by Hennessy Sponsored by Hennessy Yeah Because it was sponsored By Hennessy By Hennessey. a little bit of Hennessy <laughs> <laughs> You ready to get started <laughs> second? <laughs> in cup.
1: The second half is underway. Full
0: sport press. Second half, the greatest sports documentaries of all time show. I am Jay Ho. It's your boy Jeff. Jeff, we are in the golden age of sports documentaries, mm-hmm. a time where the genre is being looked at in ways filmmakers could have never imagined before. Since 2010, four sports documentaries have won Academy Awards for the best documentary feature, mm. and we can credit this takeover by streaming services like Netflix and Hulu. Of course, as we all know, it's easier to view them anytime that we want to do it. Mm-hmm. So the real credit should go to the filmmakers, but in episode 308, we're getting all the credit because we are ranking our top seven <laughs> sports documentaries <laughs> yeah, of G- all w. time. <laughs> you got to for sure. <laughs> Let's kick it off with my number seven is The U. The U <laughs> was released was 2009 in ESPN, and the director was Billy Corbin yep. with the University of Miami, creating one of the greatest college football dynasties of all time before Florida got rolling with Steve Spurrier. <laughs> Most of these players <laughs> were pulled from <laughs> Miami's toughest neighborhoods, and that documentary shows how much and they had to go through being black kids, coming from inner cities to win national titles between 83 and 1991. So it was a really good one.
1: Man, that documentary was
0: so good. Like oh, Showing sure how they were, the U was bigger than the Dolphins. Oh, Everybody. yeah. That ain't no <laughs> question. And you had Jimmy Johnson. You had Dennis Erickson. Their ways to recruit players from these inner city mm-hmm. um, backgrounds and, and at the height of their dominance, man, they were the best team in college football. It wasn't even close. It was so good of a documentary. It got a sequel. Yeah, it didn't live up to nah. the original one, but it was still showing a, a different transition of how great that university was Cause and cause how they, dominant. Yeah, those '80s teams were different. That right? was different. <laughs> oh, the '80s teams totally different. But they had some squads in the 2000s. Oh yeah, yeah, had they had, cool. had some squads. protein. That last <laughs> yes, for sure. The last 2000 almost ahead. better than the 2008 Florida Gators. What? Who you got oh, at your number wait, seven? Almost, 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 <laughs> almost. The, to Chico, yeah, that's the only reason they up there because you know you didn't even want Tebow. to talk about Chico like that. Hey,
1: We're gonna talk about T-Bow still trying <laughs> to get this baseball chill, chill, chill. Anyway, <laughs> uh, number, seven? number seven <laughs> is Wrestling with Shadows, okay, it was released mm-hmm. December 20th. Uh, directed by Paul J. Reason why this is on the list, mm-hmm. all right, so this was mainly about Bret Hart, but okay. this was not supposed to be good, okay. But you know, you hear the expression at the right place at the right time. They caught one of the biggest moments in wrestling ever, mm. which is called the Montreal screw job. Okay. All right. Quick synopsis of what happened. Bret Hart was leaving the WWE, but he did not want to lose the championship in Montreal. He's from Canada, okay. so, from Quebec. He did not want to lose the championship in Montreal. He said, I'll lose it the next day. Mm-hmm. Just let me win in Canada in front of my family, in front of, my, family, front of mm-hmm. my friends. Understandable. Vince calls an audible mid match. Has referee ring the bell live on pay-per-view before it's even over with. Brett has no idea about it. Shawn Michaels claims he has no idea about it. And screws Brett out of a championship without him knowing what happened. Wow. In front of everybody. Like I do not know you think about this. So, but this documentary mm-hmm. is filming everything. Wow. So they catch the conversations that happen in the background. They catch Brett trying to fight Vince. They catch Brett spitting on Vince. This is considered the menace to society of wrestling documentaries. Wow! And I go over boys in the hood a little bit later. Right. But this is considered menace- they caught call- stuff that you were not supposed to catch because Vince had okayed them being there mm-hmm. because it was a- it was supposed to be about Bret. Right. But. When that happened and they caught all of that footage, he tried to stop it, but he'd already had a document saying you guys can be here. Where is this at? This is on Hulu. This is on right now YouTube. You can watch it if you just okay. look for um, Wrestling With Shadows, Bret Hart. I'm going to like watch that, it, dog. Now, it's fun. I want have. You You catch some stuff you didn't think it was going to be seen. Makes, make, makes you look at Vince a whole lot different. Okay. <laughs> and I go on to my number six. Mm-hmm. Number six is Beyond the Mat. Okay. This is considered the boys in the hood of wrestling documentary. Okay, all right. So this was in uh, October 1999, directed by Barry Blostein. This covers the stuff you don't want to think about when it comes to wrestling. Mm. All right, so one of the one of the most painful parts to watch is mankind. Mick Foley. He has a match against The Rock, and his kids are there. First time his kids ever come to see him to a wrestling match, and he says, "Hey man, we, we really don't hate each other. You know, it's, uh, mm-hmm. we're cool. We're friends." And then he had The Rock shake his hand and everything. The Rock goes on to hit Mankind in the head with a steel chair 12 times. Damn. In the head, in the match. Kids are crying, they get ushered out, and Mankind's head is split wide open. Right. And his kids are watching him get stitched up in the background, and it's in the back back room of the uh, wrestling matches while it's still going on. So it's like the whole wrestling is fake thing. Mm This kind of shows you how, yeah, it's scripted, but take 12 shots to the head in the chair and tell me what you think. And it also goes into the. The sad parts about wrestling, like people right. like Jake the Snake, yeah. who in the 80s and early 90s, our childhood, yeah. one of the people we thought were pretty cool. Oh, yeah. But Jake was still out here trying to wrestle because he was he had was a crack addiction and Damn. he was wrestling in, like, fairground wrestling matches. Yeah, Jake still alive. Jake has cleaned his life up. That's what's He's up. He's doing man. good now. Deep shot to DDP Yoga. So yeah. this goes into depth on all that with Terry Funk, um, yeah. Jake, uh, Jake the Snake, I said, just different things. So it's good. Look- it's also a good list. Yeah, that's dope, My number six
0: (laughs) uh, is The Best That Never Was in 2010 on ESPN. The director was Jonathan Hawk. You know, sports fans, we're equally fascinated with players that never quite get the opportunity and quite live up to the hype, and this is the case of Marcus Dupree, rated by many as the best running back ever. Mm -hmm. You know, so with Jonathan Hawk, shows his career at OU with his freshman season, almost something we've never seen the way that he played at Oklahoma then him dropping out of college going to the USFL being hurt trying to get a trying to come back yeah. and just to see the trajectory of how terrible his life went after making one wrong decision yeah. ultimate like undoing of his entire life but it was great man cautionary tale but a role model for any young athlete who finds himself potentially to be the best that never or ever was you mm. know so it's so good that we have a jersey of Marcus Dupree up on the uh, <laughs> on the wall here in the studio, man. So, that should let you know how cold he is, yeah. man, I'm from Oklahoma, it's man. So, yeah, Dupree. the best that never was, man. It's a dope one. My number five is Kobe Bryant's Muse. It's a good one. 2015 from Showtime. Um, it's directed by Gotham Chopra. Kobe finally pulled back the curtains, man, let everybody see exactly what he was dealing with after he tore his Achilles in 2013, and also showing how much of a maniac he actually was. (laughs) I did not know how much of an insane person Kobe Bryant was Mm -hmm. until this documentary. I think a lot of his drive was built being a failure to his family, friends, or himself, yeah. So it was a process when he became one of the best players in the world, and it showed just how hard he put work into the gym, putting work into becoming a better basketball player. And I think with this, I think he thought that he needed to be Superman at all times, mm-hmm. and he only knew one way to play. Yeah. And he didn't want to build a super team like LeBron James did. <laughs> he <didn't>, you, know, <laughs> you know, just just looking at the years with Miami, yeah. he didn't want to do that. He went out his own way, but he could have <laughs> had players come to L.A. if he would have kind of taken a back seat like Dwayne Wade did for LeBron James. But Kobe yeah. could not do it. He just couldn't do it. Yeah. It makes me sad because he went out. A way that he didn't have to go out like that. Though. All the greats go out that way, though. Nah, but at the time now, you look at him, his untimely passing. Well, well yeah, of course. That, yeah, but, I'm saying like his legacy would have been a lot different if he would have just been a little bit more receptive to being a greater teammate. Bro. but he had five. He had five, but he's supposed to have six, maybe seven. Where's
1: the other one? They're not being Boston.
0: Not, they not being Boston, but they supposed to beat. Um, they Should have Detroit. Should have beat Detroit. It should have beat Detroit. They should have beat Detroit. Beat Detroit. Beat Detroit. Okay. So maybe six then. Okay, but they if up he up. has a teammate, if he, if I'm still hot at David Stern, because if he had Chris Paul, if he had a Chris Paul, it'd have been a different story, dog. <laughs> we ain't gonna talk about that. What's your number five? My number five is When We
1: Were Kings, mm. uh, directed by Leon Gast, released in January of '96. This is about the Rumble in the Jungle. This yeah. covers Muhammad Ali going against what was viewed as the baddest man ever walked the place of the face of the earth back then, George Foreman. Mm-hmm. Um, this is considered the greatest doc boxing documentary because Leon took reportedly 22 years to edit this. Wow. With all the, with all the footage he has, all the backstage footage he has from, you know, interviews before the fight, during the fight, after the fight and how he shows um, Foreman and Ali and Zaire, man, this is one of those ones. If, if you don't I'm not sure what how the Roman of the jungle really went down and what what why there's such a big moment, mm-hmm. um, just historically and for black people period, the culture yeah. culture because it was it was it, it pulled, take your phrase pull back the curtain on mm-hmm. how African American v- people viewed African people, and mm-hmm. African people view African American people mm-hmm. vice versa so. Like, my grandfather had explained this to me, because, of course, we weren't alive when this was right, going for on, sure. But he had explained to me how big this fight was and mm-hmm. how big of a moment it was to watch Ali come through with the rope dope and all that good. Man, it's just one of those things, man. It's just, if you watch it, you will watch it more than one time.
0: Okay. Yeah. I still haven't watched that one. It's You'll love it. I love that one. Yeah.
1: yeah. All right, so i move on to my number four. Mm-hmm. This one is a personal one. Okay. And this is for me. Okay. Um, this is The fall, the Four Falls of Buffalo. Okay, that's a good one. (laughs) This is directed by Ken Rogers, released in December of 2015. Look, man, we all know Buffalo went to four straight Super Bowls. We know Buffalo lost four straight Super Bowls. We get it. But this actually is one of the few times where losing those four straight Super Bowls was not looked at negatively. Mm. It kind of shows how— Dominant Buffalo really was. They just couldn't beat the NFC. Mm. They they dominated the AFC every time. Every, every all those four years with those Hall of Famers of Jim Kelly, Andre, Andre Reed, mm-hmm. Thomas Bruce Smith. You know, even with Cornelius Bennett. You know, people like that. Markel. So mm-hmm. it just breaks all those down, and, and it just so how really good those mm-hmm. teams were. Just, it a good couldn't, win team, a just Man, couldn't win the bit
0: I wonder what was the Achilles heel of that team? Like, was it? Actual play calling, what made y'all lose games? Was it the fact that you guys didn't have enough personnel? Was it defense? Was it offense? Was it just, a, or it could have been a combination of all of those. I think things.
1: each year was different. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: looking back on it, me personally, I think the only year
1: we, we the first two years, mm-hmm. we really had a chance. Right, yeah. missed the field goal against the Giants. You know that's that's what did. It's hard to Scott Norwood. Mm-hmm. The second year against the uh, Washington Football Team. Uh, we lost by double digits, but that happened in the fourth quarter, in right. the second half. So we were in both of those games. Then we just ran into Dallas. And yeah, Dallas, ran into is, Dallas was a juggernaut. You know, man, come on. Yeah. We, we, nobody was beating Dallas anyway. Yeah, for sure. But those first two years, I, yeah. honestly, we could have went one and one or you know, two split, and two. You yeah. know, split it. It would all right. So. Damn.
0: Yeah. yeah, my number four is the Fab Five, mm-hmm. released in 2011 on ESPN. Jason Hare showed how five freshmen changed the absolute game, man. Even with Weber declining to participate, <laughs> you really got a sense of how the five of these guys came to play together, mm-hmm. how they got along during those years, and how many different controversies actually brought them closer and actually tore some of them apart. So, to this day. Oh, to this day. <laughs> I think the best part is um, how they – depicted Grant Hill, Jalen Rose came out and said, Duke didn't recruit players like me. They recruit uncle Tom's like Grant Hill, you know? So that was, I think that was a moment. And after that, <laughs> once that documentary came out the very next year, Coach K somehow, some way started recruiting Jalen Rose type players. <laughs> the one and done. The one and done, Yeah, know, for sure. So uh, this team changed college basketball forever in a yeah. good way. Yeah. And I think they were the first team that actually represented the culture because um, the Running Rebels, which was one I tell you I had this on my list as well, they represented the culture, but they did it in a different way. Like, <laughs> Fab Five, they had black socks on. Yeah. They wore the long, baggy shorts. Yeah. They had bald heads. Yeah. You know, I mean, Larry Johnson had gold teeth, but this was this was <laughs> this more was of different. the culture. Yeah, yeah for sure. And but
1: was, it, Larry Johnson was, I mean, those that, that running Rebel teams, they actually won. No, they yeah, they won. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, I, get, I think they started it. They were the... Uh, as you say, Kobe was the remix. So oh, Fat yeah. Five oh, was the remix. For it, sure. Yeah, so I get
0: it. Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. But, now that Fat Five documentary was great, man. I wish Weber participated in it. But even without him, man, it's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen about basketball, college basketball. Did they ever get that together? They will. They have to. Yeah, Juwan Howard's the head coach in Michigan now, yeah. so they'll figure it out. Okay. Yeah. Right. Number three for me, man, is Through the Fire, Big League Dreams of Sebastian Telfair. Came out in 2006 on ESPN by Jonathan Hawk. He's yeah. a beast. I'm telling you, Jonathan Hawk is a dog. <laughs> uh, this is a documentary following the senior season of Coney Island basketball project, Sebastian Telfair. Man, this kid was on display as he struggled to overcome adversity mm-hmm. on the streets, basically in poverty. A few basketball stars can claim to have the early career heights that Sebastian Telfair had on the front of Sports Illustrated. Had slam covers with LeBron James, a friend, Jay-Z, mentored by his older brother, a failed NBA hopeful himself. Mm -hmm. He remained steadfast on finding a way to take care of his entire family. And this was the first documentary that made me shed a thug tear, man. When he got drafted – that was the culmination. That of was the culmination of all of that yeah. hard work, man. To this day, Bass is the best high school basketball point guard I've ever seen. Like, not even close. Yeah, yeah He was man. must see TV. He was must see TV's yeah. man. He's just it was one of one of my favorite basketball players, and just to see the way his life, his trajectory they, went the other way. I was just gonna say that I think someone should do this over. Yeah, man, and see how he is now. Man, I'm telling you, man, this is a great documentary. Yeah. Through the fire. Please find it. It's going to be tough to find anyway. I have the DVD. Yeah. Holler at me if you need it, man, <laughs> because I want everybody to see this, man. Such a great it's, documentary. It's a great, yeah. great documentary. Sure.
1: All right, my number three is Tyson. Okay. This released in t- 2008, uh, directed by James Toback. Well, there was, there was multiple Mike Tyson um documentaries, Mm -hmm. Mike versus Tyson, HBO did one. It's multiple. But this one was one of the few that allowed Mike to talk. 100%. We all know the story. We all know he lost to Buster Douglas. We all know he went to jail for this. We all know he bit Holyfield's ear. Mm -hmm. We know the story, but let Mike tell it. And and talk back on some of those points with the losing custom model. Mm. How Don King was, you know, doing Don King things. He was Don King, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So this is one of those ones. If you got an hour and a half, close to two hours, to just listen mm-hmm. to Mike explain where he was coming from, this is man, this is entertaining. Because yeah, is the, the, hearing the stories from his perspective. And getting that footage that you didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. Again, just stuff like that, what, is, what makes a documentary great, that's why it's number
0: three on my list. Yeah, man. And the good thing is we saw about this documentary, Mike was able to tell his story. Yeah. We see so many people, um, unfortunately, you know, Kobe won't be able to tell his whole story. Exactly. You know, so to see one of the our heroes growing up, to this day, I, I can't see a more dominant fighter than Mike Tyson in his prime. Exactly. And the way he lost to Buster Douglas, was it was like I saw people crying. I remember my aunt crying about Tyson losing yeah. that. Yeah. And he, he was never the same. It. No, yeah. no, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, number two. All right.
1: So number two for me is OJ, Made in America. <laughs> Released May twentieth, uh, twenty sixteen, directed by Israel Elderman. It takes a lot for someone to keep you Keep your attention for six hours. Mm-hmm. This was a whole week's worth of stuff 100%. released, and you didn't want to miss any episode. They took the time to break down OJ as a football player, OJ as an actor, OJ as a father, OJ as whatever he became. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> as OJ. time went on, yeah. just OJ, yeah. and it told the whole story. And this is the this is uh, sorry to the families who lost loved ones, mm-hmm. but this is one of the greatest stories you've ever heard in your life. Yeah, for sure. Like from you know, from no matter what side you're on, if he did if he didn't. All the things that went into this, the mafia oh, man. supposed to be a part of it. So and many layers. So many layers. So many and layers. So many stupid books and yeah. um spinoff TV shows. Mm-hmm. Like this is the greatest story ever. And mm-hmm. and it's broken down into this six hour epic (laughs) it's called made in
0: america yeah yeah. gotta watch that that's a great one man (laughs) i'm gonna talk about that one real soon my (laughs) uh my number two is hoop dreams oh yeah 1994 came on pbs man which is crazy. director steve james it was robbed of an oscar or even an oscar nod i think stephen james look two inner city kids navigating his way through sports Mm -hmm. school and of course poverty it's one of the greatest original stories i've ever seen on film Mm -hmm. This doc was filmed over a five-year period, Jeff. And it was supposed to be a 30-minute situation. It ended up being the longest movie ever, but <laughs> it traced the epic stories of two inner-city basketball hopefuls, Arthur Agee, of course, and William Gates, yeah. as they rose above all that was holding him back to make it to the NBA. Even 20 years later, to look back at Arthur Agee and William Gates, it shows some type of nostalgia. Every time I see it, I think like, man, yeah. you know, what held those guys back? And it was ultimately uh, themselves in injuries, for sure. So yeah. it was ranked the number one documentary of all time by International Documentary Association in 2007. High Top Nikes, Backwards yeah. Caps, yeah. Jerry Curls. It was a star. It was a It was, like was man. Yeah. <laughs> in the scene, I remember watching this, and Spike Lee delivered a speech about – Um, college basketball okay and on it he said nobody cares about you you're black this whole thing is revolving around money and that was in the 80s late 80s in 2020 and in 2020 (laughs) we are still dealing with those same exact problems man so um yeah man hoop dreams man very special documentary to me man for sure all right so my number one is oj made in america man (laughs) 2016 came on espn directed by ezra elman just like Jeff said, this is 467 <laughs> minutes into the life of O.J. Simpson, man. I'm not going to repeat everything Jeff said. Uh-huh. He did a great job delivering that. But it just doesn't tell the double murder mm-hmm. story. It doesn't tell just about O.J. It tells a story of Los Angeles at the time True. and his relationship with African-Americans. I think it's the most comprehensive look at his trial, all set against the backdrop of America and how it was shaped to hold black people back at the time. We were rooting. For O.J., not on the strength that he thought that he did it or didn't. <laughs> now, as a kid, yeah. I was looking back. I was like, man, I want O.J. to be free. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that O.J. actually murdered two people. I was just looking at another black guy yeah. that didn't even identify with black people. No, sir. I just saw a guy that looked like me, and I was rooting for the guy that looked like me. That's so it. This film showed out. It was a masterpiece, man. Easily the best documentary I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It was 467 minutes. It's a cheat code. Yeah. It's a cheat code. Yeah. 467 minutes. all. Why you, he Hey, <laughs> listen They <laughs> went from the rooters to the it, man For sure <laughs> But that is a great documentary That's Number absolutely. one
1: for me What you got, Joe? Alright, so this one's a personal one Okay But it lived up to the hype mm. No crossover Ooh. The Trial of Ellen Iverson True April 13, um, 2010 yeah. Directed also by Stephen James from Hoop Dreams Come on This covers... we talk about high school with Sebastian Mm -hmm. this was Iverson coming out of high school being the most recruited person for basketball also football on it's funny we're recording today Mm -hmm. on Valentine's Day okay going to a bowling alley Mm -hmm. and all hell breaks Mm loose and it broke down the racial things of how things were going in in Philadelphia or how different laws were worded and it's funny the law that almost imprisoned him for 25 years was a law that was created to stop lynchings wow it's insane, right? That's crazy. But that's the that's what he was brought in the charges for was mm-hmm. a law that was created to prevent lynchings because he wasn't video doing anything in the melee. But mm-hmm. because he was a part of the crowd that someone got hit by a chair, someone got punched in the face, someone got you know people had to go to the hospital. Yeah. So because he was involved in this, mm-hmm he was brought to charges for this and wow. almost blew his entire career for so sure no no anything else would have happened if if this would have gone to it was it's a great film man it's Joe's how in high school how great of an athlete he was mm-hmm. he was Vic before Vic sure you know what I mean in, in on the football field and in basketball we know what that is so. right but breaking down this trial and you know how John Thompson came and you know visit him in jail and, you know because he had to go to jail 18 sure. like he was in jail all of his recruitment letters came back and nobody Wanted to deal with him Mm -hmm. and he ended up in Georgetown, and he's a Hall of Famer.
0: And the reason that we even did this show was was on the back of Michael Vick's documentary, how being how great that was, which I think was easily a top five to maybe top seven documentary itself. Really, really really good documentary, man. But to see the way that a lot of these documentaries talk about how people overcome such <coughs> obstacles to yeah. be where they are in life whether good or bad mm-hmm. you become attached to the actual people that you watch in these documentaries and you follow them mm-hmm. in their lives and things of that nature but man that iverson was made me think of uh, how great that vic documentary Absolutely. was too man good one good picture excuse me the crazy thing is we have seven and we only had one that was the same that's true that's crazy <laughs> seven apiece man only one the same man i want everybody to watch Every last one of these Absolutely. documentaries is good stuff. It's That's great. 13 documentaries yeah. that everybody should watch. Yeah. If you haven't seen them, catch up on all of them. Let us know who and what are your favorite documentaries. Cameraman, you got any what's your number one? Who dreams number one? Yeah. Who yeah. dreams yeah. good, man. Yeah, man. Pretty solid, man. Yeah. For sure. Let us know, man. We'll post these up show uh all of our actual documentaries but that was yeah. that was fun man yeah i, I want to go back and watch all of the ones i had too so even some of yours i want to want to watch the wrestling one like, i want to catch real. the like, tyson one it, yeah. again yeah, yeah, and yeah. i definitely got to watch the uh muhammad ali yeah. when we were a kid that's the yeah. one like, that's the one yeah that, it's just just the the footage watching sure. them
1: train and watching them yeah. talk about the fighting stuff like that like yeah nah, it's, it's worth
0: it sure yeah fellas that's another show in the book everybody enjoy their valentine's day weekend um, you know, if your significant other will not allow you to watch All Star Weekend, find a, find a way to get the hell out of there. One hundred percent. telling you, man. Yeah. Hey, it's a telltale sign. Yeah, just don't you. ignore the signs. Don't ignore. Don't ignore the damn yeah. sign. Don't Shout don't to look, don't, don't look up. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Three years in, and you ain't never watched All watch Star Weekend. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in with questions throughout the week at full sport press Don't forget to comment and give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down on the YouTube page On the iTunes page Please rate and subscribe And more importantly don't forget to tell a friend To tell a friend To tell a friend that the revolution will be podcasting And Jeff The camera's always on You bro. better damn know it Yeah
1: we didn't do the fist pump kind of threw me, me out There we here, man. go There we all go right, man. All right. Cameraman <laughs> the
0: revolution will be podcasting Man, We are out <laughs>